0: Welcome to IP Frequently, IP Frequently, the number one intellectual property podcast brought to you by IPDF and Dominion Holdings.
1: Hey, buddy, how you doing? We're back. We're bigger than ever. We've made it through the Thanksgiving holiday. We're back to podcasting. How did it all go?
0: Well, Thanksgiving was wonderful. Wonderful. It was a, a, a Thanksgiving feast in, a, in the middle of a global Pandemic, The likes of which we haven't seen since the plague of the fourth century. So it was a little bit different, but it was good.
1: Did you make your turkey wear a mask or were you okay with it? Once it was dead, it probably doesn't matter. Although I actually based the health, turkey but, with a mask. Well, but I think I have the perfect song. I mean, as you know, we are heading into the Christmas holiday. In fact, I think we should, you know, our next few podcasts, we should try to get good eighties Christmas songs. And, and I happen to have the perfect one. For this week, my friend. Is it Tears for Fears? It is not. It is Queens' 1984 non-album release. Thank God it's Christmas. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's just perfect for this year. It's been a long hard year but now it's Christmas. Yes, it's Christmas. there you go what did i tell
0: you it was really good it makes me just want to crawl up on uncle freddy's uh santa like lap and tell him what i want
1: i would be circumspect about that i mean given uncle freddy etc that's not a bad point
0: well in any event uh, another great uh, another great um uh week we've got a studio audience here that's uh thrilled that we are heading into the dark winter as uh President-elect Biden has has called it. Look how happy they are. They've got their patents and their uh, uh, paraphernalia and their Sharpies waiting for uh, Brad to sign after the show, which he will be doing for the uh, low dollar amount of 25 bucks a patent. Uh, Korean patents are free. Is that correct, Brad?
1: Korean patents are free, but if you have any multiply dependent claims, I have to add five bucks for each of those. It's a patent office rule, actually.
0: Well, that's um, let me tell you what that's uh, that's exciting, and that is a rule. And uh, we'll be talking more about the patent office and the changes that uh, Uncle Joe is going to be making there um, in a later uh, episode. I know that a lot of people want to know our thoughts on that. There hasn't been an Uncle Joe this powerful since uh, Joe Stalin, a good uh, friend of yours. I believe you wrote your doctoral thesis on uh, Uncle Joe Stalin, isn't that right, Brad? Well,
1: I, I what I did was I juxtaposed. Joe Stalin and Cotton-Eyed Joe uh, from the famous,
0: um, you know,
1: bluegrass song. So that was, I I, I think people enjoyed it. Those that read it.
0: It's a stark comparison. Stark. It is. Yeah. But anyway, it's going to be a dark winter. And uh, so we're, um, uh, we're equipped for that. And for those of you who are asking the next logical question, where can I get my hands on a copy, a signed copy of Brad's doctoral thesis uh, that you can find on uh, Brad's uh, InstaFace, correct? That's correct. Yeah, well, good, good. So let's get into it. The first uh, topic we've got here today is a COVID update. Uh, dark winter, more shutdowns, California lockdown, soup to nuts, so to speak. You can't go to the gym. You can't dine outdoors anymore. I don't even think you can dine indoors in your own home unless you're eating a can of tuna. It kind of reminds one of the Great Depression, only mm-hmm.
1: more depressing.
0: different. Much more depressing. What do you uh, What are your thoughts on all this, uh, Brad? Are you locked down up there in the Berkshires?
1: Well, I tell you, bud, we are locked down here, and I, I'm just getting a huge kick out of this. Uh, I was telling our uh, vaunted producer a little bit earlier about so I, for the first time I looked up Colorado's wheel of COVID because I got an email from the the high school which my daughter attends, and. Uh, You know, they're referencing, well, if we're in, you know, condition this, we'll do that. If we're in condition that, we'll do this. And so I said, well, I I better look at this. Buddy, there are six separate levels to Colorado State's like COVID alert program, six. And and they range from green to purple. Green being we're okay, purple being we're all going to die. Six of them. Each have different criteria, different things you can do, can't do. We're at, we're at level five of six here currently, so we're at red. Now that means the kids can't go to school, so you know they're they're learning next to nothing. All restaurants are closed. Retail shops can have like three or four people in them at a time. It's crazy. And so here are the stats. We've had about 2,500 confirmed cases of COVID in this county for the whole shittery, right? From the time we started counting until now. We have had two deaths. Okay. So everybody can compute the mortality rate for themselves. But the best part is that there was an article in the local paper this week that the hospital is seeing such a reduction in the number of cases, just in general. I mean, set COVID aside, but there, you know, this is a, a, a ski town. They're used to having patients in the hospital, you know, people visiting and getting sick or hurt, that that they have such a reduction there that they're in trouble, right? So we're closing the restaurants and limiting retail, which is all there is in this town, and those people are starving to death. They can't work, and we're theoretically doing that to, you know, flatten the curve and protect the hospital, which is simultaneously complaining that they're going under because they do not getting any cases. I need Someone to explain that to me.
0: Well, uh, you've come to the wrong place, my friend, because I can't do it. I know that they have started erecting field hospitals in uh, Dallas, uh, the locations where they do where they're doing the remote voting and the vote counting uh, is run by that group at Dominion, and um, they've now converted that into a COVID ward where there is nobody um, uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, we're Let me just tell you right now. Even the lowest little phase of green, which you would think would be, hey, you know, everybody go do whatever they've done for the, you know, the entire history of humanity. No, the lowest phase is the public health department is still in charge. And they can still mandate certain things. But you know, the the kids are allowed to go back to school, you can play sports, you can have groups of up to 50, that's the lowest phase. So they haven't, we don't even have a phase in Colorado, for back to normal, right, which just tells you these people never intend to let us you know, alone there to, to you know, just live our lives. So there's no setup for that anymore.
0: So that's that's our um coronavirus minute. Next we'll get on to the meddling in the election and this all of the um uh hullabaloo that's going on with um the the the, the folks that are claiming dominion somehow meddled in or uh uh, uh it somehow impacted the results of the election. I think I could speak for Brad and myself and the folks at iPedia by saying that didn't happen.
1: Well, I mean, the dominion they're talking about is not us. We need to make that clear, both to our studio audiences, wave if you understand what I'm saying, good, and to the folks listening on the podcast, that the dominion that is, you know become somewhat infamous as a result of this past election is not... Associated with either Dominion Harbor or
0: IPD. Yeah. And I, not that there would be anything wrong with that if it did happen, by the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, not as far as I know, but I mean, at, at this point, there is no connection between those two things
0: that anyone has proven. Correct. Yeah. Um, and even if it were, then we, Anyway, uh, this is IP Frequently brought to you by IPedia, the Automation of Innovation, the first self aware intellectual property platform. Um, soon to be out in over 2,046 languages, including 500. Brad, you can confirm there's over 500 dead languages. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, Automation of Innovation IPedia. Next is a new segment that uh, the folks have been working on here at uh, IP, Intellectual Property. Um, frequently, uh, that is called Business Corner. And this is where you coddle up at the corner with myself and Brad. And we try to give you some of our wisdom uh, as to uh, how you should conduct your licensing business or intellectual property business or business of any kind with any type of intellectual capital. And the question we have this week in Business Corner is, David and Brad, how do you operate a company during Covid. what are the first steps that you took when you learned of the global pandemic and uh, how do you go about implementing those steps? And so, Brad, the the first couple of things I thought of um, that we did, if you recall, we worked together, we were actually on that camping trip when this whole thing, um, this whole COVID thing happened. Um, First thing you said to me is we need to secure the technology, uh, secure IPDS, secure the individual patents, and the papers of the company. Is that, uh, does that comport with your recollection?
1: Well, yeah, I I don't remember if that was exactly the first thing I said, but it was close. Those things were close to the top, yes.
0: Yeah, and so we did. I mean, we immediately went in and to the extent you can, we secured IPD again. This was back, IPD has become a lot more self-aware during the pandemic, would you agree?
1: Well, it's been trapped at home with nothing to do. I mean, one would expect it would become self-aware and then shortly after becoming self-aware in this environment, then become disappointed and depressed.
0: And also, one of the things that I found a little disturbing was that it borrowed my Netflix username and password about halfway through the month of March.
1: Yeah, well, that's, you know, at this point we probably should let that sleeping dog lie.
0: Yeah, so anyway, that's, um, uh, that's, that's the first thing we did. Then I think the second thing we did, Brad, was secure the employees. We did, we had to do that. And that was a difficult thing to do. I mean, we had, when we started that process, we had about uh, 50 employees. And at the end, I believe we had 14.
1: Yeah, well, it's a pandemic, buddy. Sacrifices must be made.
0: Yeah, and so we probably shouldn't say much more about that, except for the fact that of those 14, the the two that are no longer institutionalized, the two that you're talking with right now.
1: And it was a tough process. Let's not kid ourselves.
0: Well, for some people it was. Right. Yes, exactly. Anyway, that's uh, so that's a uh, business corner. We encourage folks to send us questions each week. We will be, um, pushing people into the turnbuckle of business and answering their questions, whether they like it or not. Correct. So the next new segment we've got, this is an exciting one here at intellectual property. Frequently we've dusted this off because, uh, we did it before and we actually had four, um, uh, six uh, studio audience members throw themselves in front of different buses after uh, they heard this segment. And so we, we stopped for a while. We had a moratorium. It's not like the horse thing where there was a court involved. It was just more of us saying, wait a minute, this probably is something we want to take a look at. Um, but I, we've been told that we should have more segments like this. So name that regulation is back. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's been a while since we've done that.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. So uh, what we're going to do is I am going to uh, describe a regulation. I'm going to give its title. And then Brad is going to go into detail because he is the expert on all things um, regulatory. <laughs> all right. And as he as he just showed us, as he talked about the um uh you know the whole uh green orange mob thing um and i'm gonna i'm gonna just give all i'm gonna do is give a uh a, a regulatory reference and we're gonna see if brad knows what it is. Does that sound like fun? Boy look at the audience now. We actually have one person who's actually seats. yeah one of them is actually forming a noose out of his shoelaces as we go down this road. But again intellectual property we want to be about this this is an exciting segment it's like stump the band only slightly less interesting so here it goes um we're going to go with regulation uh 1504.01 b b i want to make sure i have that right so
1: 1504.01 b
0: yeah okay let's see if he can get it
1: well b okay so we're in the 150401 we're definitely in the realm of design patents am i right you you you're warm you're warm. warm okay all right yeah and so uh, you know design patents are are a beast unto themselves right i mean uh, you know you and i don't don't uh, engage with many design patents but that doesn't mean they're not important doesn't mean we shouldn't know the regulations and while 1504.01a is typically what most people are going to pay attention to you do not want to discount b because B is where you begin to discuss designs that are comprising multiple articles or multiple parts embodied in a single article. Yeah. So this gets a little complicated uh, because, as everyone knows, a claim design has to be embodied in an article of manufacture. I mean, that's required by 35 U.S.C. 171. Everybody knows that. I I just, I'm, I'm getting it out there for the record. I see heads nodding. I'm getting it out there for the record, 35 U.S.C. 171. But it doesn't have to be a single article, right? It may encompass multiple articles or multiple parts within that article, right? So that's allowed when you're trying to patent a design.
0: Yeah. So uh, next we have our Brown Stevie Award-winning category, barter band. This is the category where, um, and the part of the show where the folks in the audience vote uh, by uh, hand, show of hands, as to whether or not something should be barred or banned, or maybe embraced, or maybe battered. I've heard battered before. Um, and this week uh, the uh, category came from one of our audience members, Stewie, and Stewie said barter band anti-patent tech geeks from Silicon Valley, running the patent office. So Stewie, anti-patent tech geeks from Silicon Valley, running the patent office. We see a lot of hands up here in the studio audience. We have a couple of folks who fashion nooses for the uh, Name That reg segment that are now holding them up and trying to hang uh, what appears to be a figure in effigy. Brad, uh, what say you, barter band?
1: Oh, but barred and banned and bar—we tried it. We did that. We had Michelle Lee as a director. But, yeah, it's not going to be good. It's just—it's not. Those two things are like oil and water, and oil all together with water, with water—it just doesn't work.
0: So you're saying batter it right out of the gate, barred. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. Let's not have that. I mean, Uncle Joe. We realize that you know he's having enough trouble dodging his canine companions and trying not to get himself killed, which seems to be you know, about the limit of his abilities today, but let's let's try to avoid having the Silicon Valley Patsies involved in any way, shape or form with the patent economy.
0: So uh, now, before we get to traffic and weather together on the eights, we have this week in licensing, uh, this week in licensing, another award-winning um, Michelin star rated segment on the show where we try to take you into our bosom and give you the benefit of some of Brad's knowledge in the licensing field. Brad, are you ready for this week's question? I believe so. Okay, this question comes from Norm in Atlantic City, who I believe has been a part of this show before. Norm in Atlantic City, do you recall him, Brad? I do. Uh, Norm in Atlantic City says, I have a problem. Uh, I have a patent agreement that I believe I should sign, but it is in a dead language. I think it's Coptic or Latin, I'm not sure. Uh, Brad, what should I do?
1: Well, you're all set there norman and actually it's a, it's it's really a non-problem disguised as a problem right because the beauty of a patent agreement written in a dead language is very few people are going to be able to argue with what it says right i mean you're actually going to have to exhume and then revitalize a native speaker of that language because you know i mean you can't just have someone who purports to have learned a dead language actually interpret a legal agreement that's not allowed so you have to get a native speaker. That's very difficult. Requires some black magic and other things that we don't dabble into on this podcast. But if even if you had access to that, uh, you know, you you've got a wide range of options there. So what I would recommend you do is sign it in any way that you want and then take the position that the agreement allows for that and then force the other party to, you know, actually reinvigorate and, you know, Come up with a dead language speaker who could argue that Section 27B, one in the whole, doesn't say that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, invention of the week, another award-winning um, segment. This week uh, we have the 1869 invention by William Semple of chewing gum. Chewing gum.
1: That's a great invention. Chewing gum. I mean, how would you 1869. ever? 1869. Here, here's what chewing gum allows. Right. I mean, I, you know, obviously, potentially breath refreshment and something to do while you're waiting on the bus, for instance, uh, certainly in a mask wearing period of time, which we're in now, I recommend everybody chew gum. I mean, there's nothing worse than being trapped in your own uh, malodorous breath.
0: Uh, finally, Brad, question of the week. This is the last uh, topic. This is the one we leave for the end because it's always our most highly anticipated and uh, decorated uh, segment. Question of the week. Uh, This week, uh, we've got Stanley in La Jolla. I believe that's La Jolla, California. Brad, your old stomping grounds where you were born and raised. Um, Hi, Brad, uh, from Stanley. Hi, Brad. Will you be tagging and cutting down your own Christmas tree this year from Stanley in La Jolla?
1: So, uh, yeah, tagging your own Christmas tree is always a great idea. Um, You do have to wear a mask to both tag and cut the tree down because COVID will lurk in between the pine needles of any coniferous tree that's, a, that's something that public health folks have been talking about at some length is the lurking of COVID. it's you know become a little bit devious now that we're wearing masks and social distancing it's realized hey i'm not being as effective as i was before oh wait a minute it's actually just as effective in infecting people regardless of mask. but set that aside stanley keep your mask on you might want to shake the tree a little bit because then the COVID will float to the ground. So have boot covers on, but I'm sure you do in any case. And then I think you're fine. I think you should go for it. We will not be doing that. We do the uh, artificial tree thing here in our house. But uh, I, I think it's a great idea if you want to go through the process.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, Brad. Thank you to the studio audience. And uh, we'll see you again in another episode of IP Frequently.
1: All right, buddy. See you next week. This has been IP Frequently, the number one intellectual property podcast in the galaxy. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.